leave this world a little better than you found it. Lord Baden-Powell. My name is Thandor, and I enjoy walking in the woods. I'm Fezzik, and I love wandering the world. And then if we find orcs, great, we'll get to hunt down. Well, I am Corrin, a gnome with anger issues who spontaneously bursts into other animal forms uh, when things annoy him. Welcome to Leaders and Legacies, a Dungeons and Dragons 5e podcast. I'm your dungeon master, Dave Rockwell, and joining me on the cast are Chris Cooper, Rachel Richards, and Seth Lowe. In addition to playing Dungeons and Dragons, all four of us also volunteer our time as leaders with the Boy Scouts of America. We thank you for joining us, and we're going to do our best to make sure you have a great time. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. All right, let's see. Let's uh, do week two. I'm your DM, Dave. Uh, yeah, all of us are scouters, so I'm going to introduce uh, myself first. I'm an assistant council commissioner at, in the NCAC, as well as a assistant scoutmaster for Troop 1570. With me uh, tonight is, uh, let's start with you, Rachel. Say hi. Hey, I'm Rachel. I'm a Cub Master and Multi-Den Leader, and I play Fezzik. Awesome. Uh, Seth, uh, say hello to the folks. Uh, hey, I'm Seth. I play Corin, and I am an assi- Assistant Cub Master for PAX 1683. Awesome. And certainly last but not least, Chris. Hello, Dave. This is Chris Cooper. I'm still a District Commissioner and Council Level Trainer, and I will be playing Thorin. Or it's the Thandor. <laughs> and I am playing Thandor. Yeah, or Thorin Oakenshield, which yeah, we will be putting on a dramatization of The Hobbit at some point. Last time on Leaders and Legacies. My name is Thandor, and I enjoy walking in the woods. I'm Fezzik, and I love wandering the world. And then if we find orcs, great, we'll get time. Yeah. Well, I am Corin, a gnome with anger issues who spontaneously bursts into other animal forms uh, when things annoy him. I'm really focusing on getting these rabbits for dinner. He's building a stone cairn. Pull up a small kind of berm of earth so that he can hide in it. Dang it. I'm going to help him. I'm going to make this thing an enemy of mine now. All right, I'm going to help the work. I'm going to follow him. Do we happen to be running in the direction of camp? Generally, they're probably going to pass it a little bit to the west if they keep on the current course that they're heading. Okay. If they do, I'll holler out as we kind of go by. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So you see kind of like a, a second as the creature starts to separate itself from the nearest tree. It does not seem to be aware of you, so I'm going to let you have a surprise attack on it. Yes. I'm going to go with my longbow with a nine. That nine is a miss. And in fact, so much of a miss. Wait, do I get, do I get, surprise attack gives me an advantage, right? The second shot. 17. 17, this one's a little bit closer, but you kind of see it's a little further away than you thought, so it kind of falls short. The the sound of the arrow striking the ground is enough to distract it, and uh, the orc kind of starts to turn a little bit towards the camp where the other two are cooking dinner. Okay. What have you been conversing about and uh, talking about as you prepare your dinner? So while uh, Tornado is preparing the rabbits for cooking, um, Corin spends probably another minute or two just kind of like smashing the rod and the stone together, just trying to create sparks. 
and then there there's a moment where Corin just he just throws them both down in the ground and just points his hand in the area and casts create bonfire and you probably hear him going i'm done and just steps away as the ground explodes into a bonfire cord my friend i think your tinder is wet <laughs> let me give you this tinder box and um i will hand him a fresh tinder box oh, my my old instructor told me to, to learn to control the stupid fire magic. I needed to use the flint and steel to try and start these things and learn how to make fire from the start. And... Why don't you use this one, my friend? I think this one was uh, a little newer. I think some of the stuff you had was just a bit old, older. Let me show you how to work this. And I will spend a few minutes and show him how to use it on something not near the bonfire, just so he gets familiar with the new tools that he was just given. So you now have a set of t a tinderbox. Nick kind of takes that deep breath and starts coming down off the edge and uh, thank you. Thank you. We will we will continue to practice this over the days and weeks to come, my friend. It is now time for me to cook these wonderful. Okay, so how are you going to set about cooking them? Are you going to rotisserie cook them? I I will I will get I will get some sticks and and put them near the fire, but not into the fire, and rotate them about every three minutes until they until they're about a medium cook. Starting to smell really good. The back of your head, you realize it's been a few minutes since uh, Fezzik yeah, was there. Orin's kind of tossing the occasional stick onto the bonfire. That way, he doesn't have to sustain the spell. He can just kind of keep building up the fire so that it's an actual. He's just kind of walking circles around camp, and as he kicks a stick, he kind of tosses it in the direction of the fire. Once I, Seth is Seth is doing Seth is doing everything that a uh, first year scout's going to do, anyways. Oh, this will go in the fire. <laughs> I, he's not. He doesn't know whether it's like a poison ivy vine or anything. He just he kicks it on the ground. He sees it. He, okay, into the fire. <laughs> You're able to keep that fire going as you're kind of closer to dinner being ready. You start to hear the sounds of something large crashing through the woods. Eventually, an orc bursts into your campsite. He's looking pretty, pretty wounded. Did you guys set up camp kind of in the middle of the clearing? I would say probably towards the middle. Um, Corin would feel more open would want more open or thinking that he that everybody else would like to stare at the night sky or whatever so he would try to be a little bit more open so everybody else could have a nice open canopy above them as the sword comes lumbering out he shouts to you fire you can damage it with fire and then he proceeds to collapse at your feet Fezzik, you've been following this orc through you know the woods yeah roll, roll me a couple of attacks just to see how well you've done <laughs> all right a not natural 20 12. Ooh, yes. Critical 20 for a 25. Okay, yeah, so give me damage on those two. All right. We have an eight. And then the critical would be 11. So a total of 19. All right. So, you know, as you burst into the camp, you see that the orc has kind of collapsed over by your friends. You know, you feel you have a few seconds to relay this chase through the woods. Get away from the trees first. All right, let's move away from the trees and just grab your grab your stuff. We gotta fight. <laughs> this thing is like crazy. It's it goes into the trees and then comes out of the trees. Um, super ridiculously strong. Look at the orc. He's almost dead. Really, really strong. The orc is not 
the enemy. That hurt me to say that. The orc is not the enemy here? That thing's an orc? What? What is chasing you? I have no idea. It is, it's a tree man. It's a tree man. That's an orc. Did I happen to hear it say fire will kill it? Roll perception to see if you did hear that because, you know, I put it under its breath. Ten. Okay. While they're doing that, Corrin's immediately going to cast fog in the area around us and the orc. But then we can't see it. But I can. Oh, yay. <laughs> so I'm kind of trying to keep the orc or what I think is what impacted on the ground over there that she's telling me is an orc. Uh, I'm trying to keep it included in the fog, uh, but mostly I'm more worried about Tornado, Fezzik, and myself being in the fog. So if I can't get all four of us, then just the three of us. You have a few seconds to collect yourself. What's everybody going to do to kind of, yeah, I guess, get into battle ready boot? And other than the fog cloud, it's pretty pretty clear that's how you're preparing. This orc is hurt. It is. I must tend to its injury. I will cast Healing Word on it. Seven points of uh, healing? Yes, that is correct. <laughs> What did he say before he fell over? Use fire. That was so makes sense. These things are like trees. Trees burn with fire. What? We thing? need torches. So almost as if on cue from what Corn just said, what thing? You threw the fog. Corn, describe a little bit how your sense yeah, works with detecting things that would be entering the fog. I feel the vibrations through the earth. So as it steps out of the tree, I would feel it impacting on the earth, on the edge of the the grove, or the edge of the area okay, that we're how in. How far away? Uh, but I would not. Uh, it is within 15 feet of me. My apologies, within 30 feet. As it kind of enters the fog, you start to feel fog, and you know, it just swinging wildly with a club. It doesn't make contact with any of you. I'm as close to tornado as I can be, given that Fezzik just ran into the area, and I'm like. So we yep. kill it? So, uh, let's roll initiative now. 23. <laughs> well, one of us is going near the top. <laughs> that was like, that was a 20 with my bonus. I was like, yes. Uh, 15. Every so often I get a good 15. Okay. Um, Thandar? Hey. Fezzik, that puts you up first. Traveling long enough with Horn that you can tell he knows something's approaching. Right. I'm assuming he's probably looking at it. The default reaction I'm going to be is I'm going to point at the motion, the sudden change in the area. Not that you can see me, but I'm pointing straight at it. <laughs> oh, well, so, so how thick is this fog? Like, I mean, if we're near each other, is it like, hey, I can put my hand out in front of me and still see, right? It, it, think, like San, think like San Francisco fog. Think San Francisco fog. So it's very cloudy, it's dense, but it's not impossible to see through. Yeah, yeah. Now, with you guys clustered together, kind of standing over the uh, the orc who uh, just got a few hit points back. Joshua means we're near the fire. We could see each other. I was going to say, we're near the fire. Your bonfire is still going, you know, kind of a little bit off to the right, right? At this point in time, it's not it's not spell sustained. It's being sustained by the fuel in the area. Like the, the sticks that I've been through. Can I, can I see like a stick sticking out of it that I can grab sure. up and use like a, um, like a club on fire yeah oh yeah there would definitely be yeah there's a good amount of wood in that fire you probably could grab one of the logs yeah there's a, a bounty of logs in that fire okay so i reach in and grab one 
and I'm gonna um, okay. use it like a club and just run in the direction of this thing. <laughs> okay, yeah, and, and when you kind of see an outline, you'll swing at it. So yes. roll, roll an attack at disadvantage on this. Uh... <laughs> All right, hang on. Let's see what I get for clubs. <laughs> well, it's got disadvantage too, so. All right. Um, 23, it's a critical hit. Man. Nice. Oh, wow. That, that's a disadvantage? Oh, oh, hang on. Let me roll that second one. Darn it. Oh, I still can't complain. It's still a 17. Yeah, yeah. Okay, 17. Um, yeah, unfortunately, misses. Feel it, you know, like it, almost as if you just, you know, swung a tad too soon. I believe that makes it the corn's uh, turn. As my bonus action. So kill it? Yes? No? Kill it? Kill it. Kill it. Kill it. Kill it. <laughs> All right. Create bonfire right under its feet. Okay, and it gets a deck save, right? <laughs> uh, yes, I believe. Yes, it does. What's the DC? Uh, DC is 14 right now. Okay, yeah, it fails. How much damage does it take? It does six damage. And the area underneath of it is currently on fire. I'm going to hold concentration until I feel it move out of the fire, and then I'll snuff it. You know, you guys feel the orc uh, stand up. He's a bit wobbly, but he is going to, he's like, get down. <laughs> See him kind of make a magical shillelagh, um, and he's going to uh, attack with the shillelagh. And he hits doing 10 bludgeoning damage. It's like, hit it with as much fire as you can in common. That, I uh, believe, makes it uh, Thandar and Shurker. Or Thandor. <laughs> uh, the rabbits are burning, but we must face this animal. I will cast Sacred Flame at it. has to save on a deck save or take 1d8 radiant damage. Roll the six. Damage incoming, six. Tell me how this plant creature dies. As the flames are coming up from the bonfire at its feet, I hit it at the top and burn it from the top so it just completely meets somewhere in the middle and it just splinters across making the sound of wet wood snapping. As that kind of happens, you hear the woods all around you have been silenced. So the only sound you really hear is the crackling of what's left of the fire and the rabbits. You kind of see the orc collapse back down again. We have three rabbits I must tend to. Watch the orc. Try to wake him. So I walk back to the group. It's gone, but I'm on guard against the orc. So the, the orc, after he catches his breath, says, thank you for rescuing me. That creature almost got me. My name is Marcus. I, 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 yeah, I seek the lost groves on behalf of, of, of my people. Why are you seeking the last groves? Life has become very difficult in the mountains and uh, I, I'm seeking them out to see if I can get a deeper understanding. I think I found one of the groves, but uh, then this creature attacked me. Life has become difficult? You're attacking everybody. All your clans are attacking people. Would, why do you think life's difficult? Food has become very scarce in the mountain. Oh, so like gnome skin tastes good. No, those are our ancestors. We have- uh, Oh, you've seen the light? We're trying to reestablish relations. Have you been talking to Tornado? What? Who or what is Tornado? The guy over there that has found the god. It's also a wind funnel that's created in really bad storms. That's true. He kind of gets that. I assume the fog has been dissipated as well as kind of like a 
Yeah. Uh, come down to try to establish peace. Did you, did you see any of my companions? No, didn't, unfortunately. Were your companions rabbits? No, he says. Although yeah, he kind of shakes his head. There were four of us. I was investigating the, the, the grove we had found when the creature attacked. So what'd you do to, to make it mad? What was it? He reaches into his pocket and pulls out the object that, that he'd been holding before, but he'd put away to kind of attack the creature. I was, you know, looking at this and he holds out a wooden statue of, a, of an angel. It's about 12 inches tall and- uh, Corin grabs it real quick. Okay, hey. <laughs> or like kind of reaches for it. As he's about to stop you, you can see he's a little bit too weak to stop you. So gives up and, you know, lets you look at it. So he's just kind of like feeling the shape, the outline of the, the object. It's an exquisitely carved piece of wood in the shape of an angel with its wings folded back behind it. It feels is stronger, despite the fact that it looks delicate, it, almost as if it would be very hard to break, but yet it's almost as light as air. Friends, dinner is getting cold. Can we all sit down and eat this rabbit that I have cooked for us? We don't have enough food for him. He's on his own, sorry. Marcus says to you all, Go ahead and eat. Just let me rest for a bit. I will share my pain. No, you won't. He, he says, thank you, uh, but uh, I do not partake of the flesh of animals. Are you a vegetarian? It is part of my sacred oath to the land. Oh. He's still an enemy. <laughs> oh, do you worship Jord? Um, I'm not sure who Jord is, but I worship the land itself. My friend, my friend Marcus, Jord is the mother of the lands that you worship. So you do worship her, even though you do not know her name. But let us talk of this, which is polluting her lands. Please tell us what has been happening. I would love to find out more, but uh, if I could just rest for a bit before we talk. It is our duty to help all those that worship the nature as we do. So while they're having this conversation, Corin immediately kind of goes off and does his own kind of prayer ceremony ritual for the animal he's about to eat, trying to re-bless it and re-kind of give it peace after thanking it for its generous donation of its flesh to our dinner. I assume you would find as much peace out of that as, uh, as the, you know, the ritual would allow. Fezzik, how about you? So I take my fire club and I toss it back in the fire and I pull my short sword and I watch that, o that orc with like intensity while I eat my rabbit. You can see him trying to rest up a little bit to show you that he's no threat. He has sent his weapons kind of out of his, his reach. He doesn't seem to have much in terms of supplies. He had the club that was on him and he seems to have a little you know, pouch at his belt. But other than that, he doesn't have a lot. So he kind of tries to make something as comfortable as possible so that he can lay and rest and try to heal a little bit. So there's still three more of these guys out there. He said his companions, correct? Not orcs, he said companions. Yes. Uh, you know, he's an orc. No mercy. I know your feelings towards orcs, but they all may not be bad. This one looks like he walks the path of us. Mm, that's what he says. Do I make him a bed? I, you know, I, I think I can help both of us. So I'll use Mold Earth to flatten out the area and give him a kind of rested spot of Earth to rest in. And while at the same time, I'll also use the same Mold Earth casting to absorb his weapons into the ground so that they are not within his reach. He, he doesn't notice as that happened. You kind of see him fade off in his sleep. Yeah, roll a uh, perception check. Not bad, 24. Well, the 24, before he curled up into the position that he's currently in that doesn't allow you to see his entire leathers, you did notice some of the symbols had a similar background to you know, your god as well. 
um, so that they may come out of very similar traditions. He worships the earth as each of us do as well. I believe it is our duty to watch out for him and protect him through this night. Should he become an enemy, I will join forces with you and slay him myself. Protect him, you mean guard him. I can do that. Let us hear, let us hear him out in the morning when he is at full strength. You don't think she means that she'll guard him, as in, like, protect him, but maybe keep him from doing something stupid. Corin's a little more observant than we thought. <laughs> Actually, as a roll um, of insight... Sarcasm, he does detect. <laughs> <laughs> right, insight, insight. You wanted me to, right? Is that what you said? Yep, yep, Fezzik, yep. 17. Okay, with the 17... You're pretty sure that he is so heavily damaged that he's gonna sleep solidly through the night. Can't you guys like, like make vines and like bind him? I can bind him in earth if you really want me to. I mean, cause then he can't go anywhere, right? And then I can get some sleep too. That we have to be worried so, about the other three orcs running around. I promise I will watch and be faithful to this party. But we should also be worried that there's three more orcs running around and we don't know how nice they are. But how do they know we're protecting them? Because we made him a bed? They will see that we have his friend in our company. We are protecting him. If we bind him, they will become instant enemies. In fact, he has warned us and told us how to destroy that tree. We should probably take shifts anyway, because we would normally do that, so. <laughs> Warren is just kind of listening to the two of them going at it, going, uh, do I help him or do I hold him? They will see us treating him well. I'll take first shift if he's not gonna wake up. That way, I don't have to make any decisions on this front. <laughs> if anything airborne attacks, we are totally hosed. That is true. <laughs> okay, yeah, so you can take the first shift, I guess, if you'd like. Um, are the others going to allow that? The heavens help us if Sturge's attack. Maybe what do you want? I'll take, I can take last watch. He's most likely to wake up during that one. Corin will take first watch. And I'll take the middle watch. As that's going on, I will actually walk by the tree and investigate what we slayed. So be before he gets that far, Corin stumbles over the tree as he's kind of doing a walk around the campsite or the, the tree entity. He's like, I found more firewood. Do I should I bring it over? No, Corin. We have enough. We have enough <laughs> for the night. We hope you've enjoyed this second exciting episode of Leaders and Legacies a 5e Dungeons and Dragons podcast. And remember to join us for next time. Well, because that's how episodes work. Oh, do you worship Jord? Now it's time for our Dungeon Master Minute. And here's your Dungeon Master, Dave. At the end of every meeting, we have a leader moment where yeah, that leader has basically one to two minutes to get across the message for the particular evening. Um, I prefer not to make these lectures. I prefer to make them interactive. So if I could get uh, a volunteer from the audience, yes, yes, you, the podcast listener, come forward. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to think about, you know, what you enjoy the most. So, and yeah, I want you to think about it in the context of, you know, uh, helping someone else. What do you enjoy doing that could be helpful to someone else? You know, could it be bringing in their newspaper? Could it be, you know, bringing them a coffee? Um, you know, 
I would like you to think about the one thing that you can do to make a difference in not only your day, but to bring a little bit of fun and happiness to someone else's day. And, you know, so now that you've got that locked in your mind, so, you know, uh, um, yeah, think about that, commit to doing it, and go out there and, you know, hopefully make a difference for someone. Um, yeah, that's our Dungeon Master Minute for tonight, and we'll hopefully see you again soon. Leaders and Legacies is a 5e podcast that is unaffiliated with the Boy Scouts of America or Wizards of the Coast. The opinions expressed here are solely our own. If you've enjoyed what you've heard here at Leaders and Legacies, please consider becoming a patron by joining us at patreon.com slash leadersandlegacies. You can also follow us on Twitter at Leader and Legacy or join our blog at leadersandlegacies.com. Music and sound effects are licensed from Soundstripe.com. Logo art by Katherine Evans. Images also may have been licensed from Shutterstock.com. Check out these and many other amazing businesses by listening to us here on Leaders and Legacy. And never forget to remember... Cord, my friend, I think your Tinder is wet.